welcome to a special episode of the Jibber Jabber podcast tonight. You're all joining us here slightly later than usual, but there's a reason for it. That's correct. Our, one of, I mean, you guys have seen us review many movies and we've uh, watched along many movies with you guys at home also. And uh, it would be crazy to say that we've not bigged up Sharknado a, a billion times, especially Matthew Manwe's art. Uh, guys, how much did you love the Sharknado series? Oh, probably. <laughs> Right up my street. Endless, uh, endless good fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, so the creator of Sharknado, Anthony C. Ferrante, uh, actually made a new movie, uh, which, uh, I mean, from the creator of Sharknado gets you hooked straight away. No pun intended. <laughs> no, you could hook a shark, yeah. really. Um, I, so that basically, when you see the creator of Sharknado, you're like, I'm on it. Right, <laughs> so I kind of went in expecting a little bit of uh, the the theme of Sharknado. However, I was aware from the trailer that it wasn't going to be exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more of a serious tone, which is good to see. Uh, it's a bit of diversity from filmmakers. So I'm going to go ahead and play the trailer for everyone, and then we shall bring Anthony in, and we'll have a chat about his upcoming release, which was just released there on Halloween, which is called Next. Here it is. Hey, honey. Looks like it might storm. Nah, I think we'll be all right. Dad. Someone's watching us. Hello? What are you doing over there? Where's Tessa? Tessa? We celebrate Tessa's birthday because she's not here. And she's coming back. She replays that day over and over again. She just won't accept that Tessa and your father are gone. Do you ever hear voices? What kind of voices? Voices that aren't really there. Something was out there. I think people create monsters. Did Tessa really disappear out there? I saw it. I saw all of it. It's not inside you yet. This isn't nothing. What the hell was that? There are answers on this tape and out in the woods. We're letting our imagination get the best of us. I had another nightmare. Don't be afraid. It's nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, Anthony C. Ferrante. Welcome to the show, mate. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hi, Anthony. Hi. So, next is obviously a, a more serious tone than than what we're used to seeing from you, um, aside from Boo. What made you decide, you know what, I'm going to actually go down this road? And and what you've done was actually very clever. Um, you focused a lot more on horror where it comes to the acting ability. You, it's, it's like um, horrors are always known for being... You know, there's a big crazy guy slash ah right. Don't go in the basement. But you kind of take elements of horror and you you make it. I don't. Know, it's like palatable for those that may not like horror, but with a wee bit of sprinkle. If I'm making sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of different things lately, um, which has been kind of fun. I mean, Sharknado. You know, I love what we did with Sharknado, but I was always a. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, I got my start in horror and boo boo definitely. And, uh, uh, I, I, I love horror films, but doing something that's interesting horror wise has, has always been difficult. I, I have, I have probably like three or four scripts we've been trying to get made for probably 10 plus years. And they're, they're just off the beaten track. They're weird. They're strange. They're not typical. And what people want to make in general is kind of the same old stuff. So they hear, what about this torture porn or what about that? And it's like, so, you know, luckily Sharknado happened and I got to do a bunch of uh, fun, silly things. Um, and when uh, J it was James uh, Zimbardi, Skylar Caleb, Woodrow Wilson, Hancock III, I produced a film with them a, a couple of years ago, or three or four years ago, called Awaken the Shadow Man. And uh, they came to me, they were working on another project saying, hey, would you be interested in, in, in directing something for us? Uh, and so we looked at the, the, the material and uh, we were going to shoot something during the pandemic, like literally right when it hit, it was we already had booked a place in Atlanta, uh, the Appalachian Trail, and, and and then we had to shut down before we could even go there because it was such an un, uncertainty of, you know, if we went there, would we be trapped in Atlanta? Um, <laughs> so that gave us time to kind of redevelop it and really think about the movie that we wanted to do. And uh, there's still some elements of what was in that original concept. But I said, look, if we know we know we have X amount of dollars to make a movie and it's a truly indie film. So let's make a movie for ourselves. Let's make a movie that we know, regardless what happens, um, you know, it has a creature, it has a great title. It has scares. But let's try to dig a little deeper, you know, because I, 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 I like horror movies that that have more going on with it. And let's do something that subverts what everybody's going to expect it to be. Obviously, number mm -hmm. one, you hear the director Sharknado and you think, oh, it's going to be big and goofy. So there's the expectation one that we're going to debunk. And number two, oh, there's a creature. We know exactly where this is going. And the, the, the tone of the movie I wanted as an indie movie with horror elements. So that's why it's kind of shot sort of like an indie drama but with these horror things. So when we finally finished the film and we were screening it, I actually realized... You, everybody going in thinks they know exactly what this movie is and then you keep watching it going oh, i know where it's going and it's like oh wait a minute huh <laughs> wait 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 what what are they doing now and and it keeps building until this really crazy kind of uh surreal ending where i you know every single horror person i've talked to doesn't even expect where it's going to lead and to me i think that's a big win yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so, I mean, I think that I, I've, I've found that a lot of people that are horror fans, diehard horror fans, it's not what they would normally expect. So they, they feel a little frustrated by it, but people that go into it just cold as a watching a movie, they, they find all that nuance and all that character stuff and the meaning behind it, which is really about generational trauma and addiction. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 absolutely. And also for the people that, that like horror films, the, the standard way, there are some pretty damn good scares in it as well like mm -hmm. I, I had to change my pants at least twice so um <laughs> so you, you do get some of that but it does really subvert your expectations as to where where the film's going to go um great great lead performances as well by uh james and barry and, and d wallace mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. I, I mean you said you'd worked with james and before how how well did you did you know him at this point or was it just like an acquaintance that you did something with or did you become friends after that and no i've been friends with uh, skylar for a long time and then uh james uh in probably 
for the last six or seven years and Woodrow. So, you know, they, they were the leads of, uh, of that other movie I produced. So, you know, I, I knew who they were. I knew what we, we were trying to accomplish with it. And they were great collaborators because I, I literally came in and said, look, let's, let's completely rethink this. And there was a different title. There was a different story. And, uh, you know, I, I I looked up a bunch of mythologies that I thought would be interesting that would still tie into loosely what what they were originally going for, and I found Nix, which is a German uh, myth mythology. It's sort of a it's called the Nocken or the Nixie, and it's uh, the image of this half face in water, and mm -hmm. and it's more of a water fairy. So we didn't take a lot of that stuff, but that half face in water, <laughs> I just became fascinated with that about how could we take this and turn it into 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 something that was kind of interesting. And that's that's where the impetus came. And so, you know, I mean, no one's used the word Nix for a movie. I mean, how many that's <laughs> like it's like gold. It's like the heavens just gave us this great real title. And also, when you know what Nix means in German, it, it, it adds an extra layer uh, of meaning to it. So, um, it so mean, yeah, it, it means nothing. Is it, is it mean yeah. nothing? And, yeah. and that, mm -hmm. kinda, that passed on to yeah, the, the song at the end of the film as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, the song, yeah, which just we just came came out on uh, on uh, YouTube and Spotify and stuff. That's our band, Quint, uh, doing that That's, song. At the I've end. got my I've got my Quint T-shirt on, and <laughs> <laughs> thank you. You were not expecting us, were you? <laughs> no, I was not. That's great. We are the next <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a, a horror guy. I I I'd like my horror films. And when you when you when Kevin sent me the poster, you go right. This 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 looks right up my street. The mm. first five minutes, you think you're watching, you, you think you know what you're going to get, mm -hmm. and then pff, it's, it's really not that at all. It's not your typical creature feature. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't prepared for basically the the, the family trauma that was going to kind of be thrust upon me. It was, <laughs> it was quite a. It was. It wasn't a happy film to watch. It was like you, you kind of never felt at ease when you were watching it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, it was a. It was. It was. It was different to what I was expecting. A lot it was of good. I enjoyed it. A lot of movies will give you a creature unnamed, like Hellraiser, and you'll name him Pinhead, even though that was never initially what the creature was called. Do you have a name? Because Matthewman came up with Swamp Bam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Is it an yeah. actual name, or do we get to pick the name and, and expect no, to see Swamp Bam elsewhere? It's Nick. Also, Nick says Nick. his name. Yeah, that's his <laughs> name. But but you know, the, the, there's a there's an element of uh, there's a little bit of an element of Rashomon in there where it's the different perspectives of what's really happening and you peeling the layers and you know it's a little there, there's a little subversive stuff like that with the film. Mm. Um, I, I, when we were making it, you know, I kind of said it was, it's ordinary people meets Videodrome. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, but, uh, uh, do you, I wrote, you know, when, when we knew we were doing this in my head, when I was writing, uh, the mom role, I, I, you know, I'd worked with Dee Wallace on a, on a couple of movies and I just kept thinking Dee, I knew she was the only one that could bring, bring that, that role to fruition, you know, because mm. it's such a tricky role. And it, you know that's the anchor for which all the all this other stuff uh, uh, you know comes after it. The other thing that's really odd about the movie, which again, seeing it as a whole, I know that we had those beats in there when we were making it, but you know once you add the music and you know those scenes that have this element, you're not paying attention to. You're paying attention to the more complicated, you know, cutting, you know, the editing style for the horror and trying to get that. 
but the fact that there's actually it's strangely emotional there's like really emotional beats in a film where you should not have those those feelings for some of these characters you actually care about them in a tragic way and you actually empathize even though they do horrible things in the film um mm -hmm. so and then that last beat in the in the in the uh, at the restaurant at the end where you know there's there's a couple tugging of the heartstrings and i think that's a testament to the actors and that that what we've created what we're trying to say you know there are people that have really related to to the stuff because i, I think everybody is some point of has experienced family members that are dealing with extreme grief or addiction or or whatever and and that's kind of what this is playing upon it's um, something I call the loop. There's, you know, people go through things and then they, they just constantly relive that thing over and over again and don't know how to move on and just to live their life. And mm -hmm. so they're trapped in that. And so this movie is how do you get someone, particularly uh, uh, Zoe, uh, um, who is uh, the, the niece in the, in, the sh in the movie, or the granddaughter, you know, yeah. how does it not come and, and follow her? You know, that, that mm -hmm. was kind of what the soul of the movie is. Spe speaking of uh, Zoe, um, I mean, one of the, the hardest things as filmmakers um, would <laughs> imagine is to get child actors who can actually carry your story. Now, mm -hmm. what was the casting process like for the, the children in this? Because they all did a great job. I mean, you've got obviously Zoe, who's the, the main. Uh, Nisha, yeah, Gulbat. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've, and the. You do have the the other siblings as kids, kind of dotted throughout the movie, but they all give great performances. How difficult was it to find these people? It's difficult in the sense of when you're, for the most part, on indie films in general, it's difficult to find the right mix of actors anyway because the the pool is limited. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, most most actors, you know, that they, they they expect to be SAG shows or whatever, and and you so you're looking for up and comers. You're looking for actors that uh, really, um, you know, that 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 are that really want that chance to show off. Um, and so for kids, it's it's really hard because what you're looking for in the audition stage, you're looking for people that that have an innocence that haven't been kind of corrupted by the Disney style of "Hey kids, hi, my name is Look, oh my gosh," you know that they, there's mm -hmm. a lot of kid actors that are that big because that's what they see on on Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, and that's one style of acting. Um, but the but in this case, you want to find that that innocence, that that thing where they just they they're just themselves but they can do the performance. And you also need to know that they can be scared. And so Nisha, once, once we saw her audition, it was like, she's Zoe. I mean, there was just, there was just a, an honesty about her that was just, it, it just, it was shocking how great she was. And when she got on set, it's, I, I, you know, if you, if you look, there's two scenes in the movie where we did wonders, one of them opposite D where, where it's her sitting there on a bench talking to her. And we just, I think we start, we pull back on them mm -hmm. or we push in. And, and we did it two takes, like we did a first take and she didn't flub it. The little kid didn't flub a single line <laughs> and, and she's also acting. She's not remembering lines. She's, she's interacting with her. And after the first take, I'm like, well, we should just do one for safety, but you guys nailed it. <laughs> and, and she did the same thing in the bedroom with James and Barty where, where they were sitting on the bed and they're doing this little thing about, you know, pinky swear and all that stuff. And the and they, and, and, yeah. and nature of doing wonders sometimes is because you have limited time. But mm -hmm. also if two actors can do it and nail it and you're not taking like 20 takes to get it, then, you know, you're golden. And we mm -hmm. did both of those in two takes. And that's a testament to her. But there's things when you watch her that it's just she's going to be a phenomenal actress. She just... She just, 
she's in character reacting to what's going on and 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 it's just it's powerful um it's a there's a scene where uh, something happens to her mom and she uh she's told this by james and and she looks at d in the scene and she goes well your mom's not going to be your mom's got to go take care of some stuff she's not going to be here for a while and literally you see her going oh i know what really happened but i'm going to make it okay for the adults in the room the the <laughs> character and that's a that's a mad skill to have so uh, I, I was very fortunate. And then I can't, I, you know, the other kids that we had, uh, Angeline uh, and Lena and um, uh, uh, Daly and uh, Aiden, um, uh, they were they were fantastic. Uh, you know, they just they just did a fantastic job. I mean, we were and they all looked like the kid, you know, the two leads uh, um, uh, for mm. the, you know, so it was just it was just crazy. Oh, brilliant. And, and, and Angelina is so sweet too, playing uh, Tessa. I mean, she, she, yeah. you know, we, we, we had to put her in a pool and uh, you make her dead <laughs> and all that stuff. And, and the funny thing is she, she, she was so quiet when we were filming the movie. And then when we did, we did the premiere in Northern California a couple of weeks ago and she showed up and you know, it's probably about a year and a half. And then she was just like talking, you know, and now she wants to make movies and so does Aiden. And it was just, <laughs> It was it was so so funny to see her like like this open up the world for them. They they had such mm -hmm. a good time and and now they're they're fully aware of what's going on. So it's it was cool. It was very cool. That's amazing. Uh, Janice says I'm gonna have to see this one. Jan Child says think I'd piss my pants watching this one. <laughs> um, and this is uh, our audience. The <laughs> Bobber says yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with me. Um, and also I was in a Smarties advert says Jan and also says kid actors are amazing little old heads on young shoulders mm. and that's a testament to that um, right, so what kind of movies did you watch growing up is that did that kind of did that and like is that kind of where you kind of reached in to take some inspiration to create next uh, Ethan Daly, I, my brain froze. Froze. He plays. He plays. Plays young named Jack. Sorry, my brain wasn't there for that one. Uh, apologies, Ethan. Um, yeah, when I was a kid, uh, no, I was a, I was a, I was a horror kid. Um, I I loved uh, uh, I loved horror movies. Since you know, probably as far back seven or eight. My mom used to watch them. Used to watch the 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 stuff on, you know, Saturday and Sunday afternoons. They would they would have like like a lot like the old. 40s and 50s stuff uh and then we had a thing up in northern california called uh, creature features first with bob wilkins and then later with john stanley so kind of our our horror host so i would watch a lot of that and then um the local movie theater i started doing movie reviews in sixth grade i decided i wanted to make movies not knowing how to do it because i came from a small town so i started reviewing them in my my class paper and so I somehow was able to get a free pass from the local theater to go watch every single movie at all the theaters. <laughs> so I saw everything and I saw things I probably should have never seen. And it was all, it was also a time where they would do a lot of those reissues because there wasn't a lot of, uh, you know, video and, you know, cable was limited in what they had. So, you know, you'd suddenly have Halloween being reissued for the umpteenth time and Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. So, yeah, so there was a lot of things that that I saw that I probably shouldn't have seen. It was, but it, but it just you know I loved it. I love Carpenter. Um, obviously, is a big influence just because he he did so many great things um, and the, and the stuff that stood stood the test of time. Um, so you know I would eke out. I would seek out everything. You know, but but on top of that, I would watch things, other things that were not. I wouldn't just go see the horror movies. I'd see 
every movie that come out. I'd lived at the movie theater on the weekends and my, some of my best friends ended up becoming the employees of the movie theaters when I was a kid. <laughs> so, so, and then one of the managers there, Bart, who became a good friend and was in a bunch of my, my, my movies and always helped out. Um, so, so yeah, so it was a very, uh, it was, it was a very great learning experience. And then, you know, once video happened, I was able to see a lot of stuff on video that I, I, uh, I remember watching Dawn of the Dead for the first time on Christmas Day because, you know, it was like the the Holy Grail and it was never playing anywhere. So, you know, I, when the first time my sister got a, a VCR, I went I went to the, the video store on Christmas Day and there was, I think it was Dawn of the Dead and uh, a couple other movies that I, I didn't get a chance to see. And it was just like, oh man, this is, the video is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we actually uh, in this in in this movie next we get to see you sitting in a movie theater if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, I'm pretty, little... pretty sure I spotted you there. <laughs> yeah, so so it, the movie kind of became a little meta, even though it, it, in a weird way, because the we were supposed to shoot in Los Angeles, and just again it was the middle of of, of the, still well, about eight months later when we decided to do it, it was still COVID really bad. So to get a house to film at and everything. And so I reached out to my hometown, Antioch, which I'd filmed in previously and said, look, we really need some help. And uh, by being there, we were able to actually shoot in a lot of locations that weren't scripted, like a high school and a theater. And we, we took a, a, art a house that had been converted into an art gallery that was down because of COVID and made it our house. And everything right. is all in that little area in, in, in downtown in Antioch. And so we did the movie theater thing because we, because it also has a lot of the spooky basement stuff because that that's was built in the, you know, it was the, it was called the El Campanel. It's been around since like the 1900s, early 1900s. And it was an old vaudeville theater, but my first short film I filmed, I filmed at that theater and I would always film in the basement because it's just the architecture and weird stuff. So whenever they're in the basement or the walls, that's that, that place. Right. And um, so I thought, well, you know, we got to put something on the theater screen. So why don't I put one of my short films on there and I'll be watching it and add an extra layer of meta-ness to it, to the film. So <laughs> that was a, a super eight project I did uh, when I was in college uh, that, you know, they want, they, even though there was video at the time, they wanted people to learn how to cut film and shoot on super eight. So, so I, it was this little silly super eight movie called bum rap and put it up on the big screen. And <laughs> I was watching myself watching a movie I made when I was filming stuff in my hometown of the theater <laughs> that I grew up watching movies at where I filmed my first movie at. So it's, it's it's just like this. just like just like Nick's. It's a big loop. Yeah, it comes in loops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I also brilliant. noticed. I also oh, noticed um, in the the projection. I think it was a projection booth. In the background, there was a poster for Boo. Is that oh. always there, or was that put there just for the movie? Oh, that was there for the movie. So so there's <laughs> there, so in, in addition to meta upon meta. Um, <laughs> So uh, in Boo, there's a character named Arlo uh, Ray Baines, which was played by um, Dick Wayne. Uh, uh, and so um, when I did this, I wanted I, I thought it'd be fun to get dig in the movie. So he plays Arlo Balaco. Uh, and he owns the movie theater. So Dig came back to do that. And then on the theater screen or on the marquee, 
there's the haunting of Santa Mira. And then there, if you look at it, it says dynamite Jones, um, ignited or whatever. And in boo, he, he was a cop who was a former black exploitation actor who became a real cop and sucked at being a real cop. And so we'd created five films for him. One of them you saw in boo, uh, they think it was, uh, uh, dynamite Jones versus count Pimpula. And, <laughs> and so on, on, on the big, on the marquee then is dynamite ignited, which was, I believe, I think that was the second movie in his franchise. So there's even more of a weird, uh, meta-ness to, to all of this. <laughs> wow. You have to make the Pimpula movie. That has to be a thing. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a Dynamite Jones uh, franchise because I, I just I, I love Dig. He was so good in that role in the first movie. Yeah. And it was and I just loved having him in this movie, just even if it was a sort of a cameo. He came down, I said, We just do this as a favor. And he goes, Yeah, sure. So he drove down and we put him and snuck him into the movie. <laughs> so, so like, even though, you know, none of this stuff is supposed to be in your face and obvious, it's, it's there if someone like you guys obviously notice some of that stuff. So mm -hmm. no, we've just sorry. spoiled it for everybody. Sorry. And the Gibb asks, who works on your makeup effects? Uh, we had a great team on that movie. Uh, Vincent Guastini uh, did did the creature. I, I I've known him for years. Worked with him when I was a, an effects supervisor, uh, working with Brian Usna. And uh, I begged him and said, "Look, we really need a great creature." And he came in. A buddy of mine, uh, Jacob Hare, who um, uh, we we were kind of the the two that originally spawned the Sharknado title because we were trying to come up with stupid titles. And Jake, <laughs> Jake said Sharknado, and and we tried to pitch it to Sci-Fi multiple times, and nothing happened until eventually it did. Uh, but um, Jake is now he he storyboarded uh, some stuff for Boo in my second movie, and then he now is a director over at Rick and Morty. So uh, yeah, wow. his his one of his episodes won the Emmy a couple years ago. So oh, wow. he so when we were doing this, I go look and can, can, can you can you help me out just working on the design for Nick's? And so we we sat down for a day and just kind of he sketched some stuff out for me, and then we took it to Vincent. They did a little polish, but that 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 look of what the Nick's is came from that session with uh, Jake. So mm. um, did you try to? Like, because for me, if I'm trying to explain something that I see in my head, it's really difficult. Um, so I just say the most craziest stuff and hope it sticks. <laughs> did Did you have the idea for how what he would, what Matthew Man calls it swamp bam looks well, like? Well, I mean, we started with the half face in water, so it was like, yeah. okay, so what is this half face in water? And then, you know, uh, when I was on the we were on the phone doing this, we we would we, we would look through uh things on the web of like designs and things and one of the you know things and texture and the coloring and stuff so we can kind of get a rough idea and and there was something i saw that i had that interesting webbing and i really loved the idea of the webbing around the eyes and so mm -hmm. that so it was a mixture of things you know just talking about it and 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 jake's incredible ima imagination and you know we kept refining it until we we found what the, what the nix was going to look like we knew it was going to be a guy in a creature suit we did i didn't want to do digital effects there's a little slight slight uh you know taste of uh, augmentation in there on a couple small things but mm -hmm. for the most part i wanted to feel tactile i didn't want it to be a uh, i didn't want it to be a digital movie and the, there's mm -hmm. there's a lot of digital effects in the film but they're absolutely completely 100 invisible they're mm -hmm. they're like helping out with some split screens and some stuff and like i said there's some just very very light touches to clean up the suit and stuff which is the way i think you know visual effects should be used when you're dealing with makeup yeah. effects Absolutely. it's always refreshing to see like kind of creature effects back because 
you know, I, I've seen loads of good films ruined by probably CGI. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's Matthew nice Min actually. The guy to your right, Matthew Min, is actually an artist himself. He actually redesigned your poster to fit with this podcast, <laughs> as you can see. <laughs> I, 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 you have to send that to me. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, the guy, the guy, he is actually a really amazing artist, and he does a lot with creature works, like um, uh, what do you call it, the Terrifier and stuff. You've probably seen a lot of his work online. You just don't know it's his because no one. John yeah, Cena I'm... put his uh, artwork on his own. Uh, Instagram and completely removed his, uh, you know, his <laughs> tag with his name. So Matthew Man is forever uncredited in all his work that you've probably seen. I'm going to go and make Swamp Bam. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to, and I'll, we'll need to send that along to you. Yeah, um, please. Uh, well, uh, there's some really nice. I mean, that this movie is filled with really nice imagery and, and cinematography, as you can see here. There's Swamp Bam ready to chew down on someone. I mean. <laughs> And again, like the, there's a there's a warmth to to how it's how it's shot. They're definitely. I was watching something recently. That's Ryan Bloomberg was the DP. Mm -hmm. Did a fantastic yeah. job. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's a movie was that, I watched recently. Was that the basement yeah. in the cinema there? Was that that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's underneath. Yes. So the underneath the theater, they they have a couple businesses uh, next to it. But that that was actually right up the stairs leads into. Uh, a barber shop that was right there. Okay. So, um, so that's that's that little section. And then when when you go into the stuff with them in the basement later, where they're where, where mom and, and and Jay are talking, that's deeper into the theater. So I, I knew all the little nooks and crannies of that place. So so a lot of stuff was designed around what we how we could kind of shoot those little areas and stuff. <laughs> Kevin, you going to tell him <laughs> what you <laughs> what you do? What do you do for a living? <laughs> I run a cinema. But uh, by the way, it's like a 200-year-old church building that has wow. some nooks and crannies, and I'm pretty sure Swamp Bam's been leering on me a few times <laughs> myself. Um, so pretty much, your, as you were describing, kind of your early start going in to watch movies and stuff, that's pretty much what's happened to yourself. We've actually built a studio, a green screen a cyclorama and stuff within the building. Wow. Um, with the the aim to make really cool stuff as well so we're always that's why we, we kind of we when we watch a movie like, at first it's always the experience but then we go right what can we learn from this and the number one thing we'll always say about any movie is you can never really judge a movie until you've made one right? yeah. it's easy to, <laughs> to say hey you know this that or the next thing but it's grueling even just to make a short film that we've been working wow. on for about six months you know <laughs> it's a grueling process well, I was a critic for years, and you know, mm -hmm. you, and when you're a critic, you go, "Oh, I'm going to be cheeky and funny and rip this movie to shreds." And then when I started making my own short films, I continued doing the critic thing, but I I reviewed things differently because I would mm -hmm. see the I would see the the special things, even in stuff that maybe wasn't great. I would still find interesting things, and you need start mm -hmm. you you start looking at at projects uh, differently. Mm -hmm. And um, and then so that's that's that that was a big uh, eye opener um, to 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 stuff because there's always something good. So when you know, whenever you see someone online going, 
this movie sucks. I fell asleep in the first 15 minutes. Well, then you don't have the right to review the movie. You need to watch the whole film <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I had to sit through a lot of crappy movies in my time as a movie critic that I wanted mm-hmm. to walk out of. And I never walked out of any of them. Yeah. And then I reviewed the movie and said it was a piece of crap. And I, <laughs> you know, so, so, so yeah. So, it, you know, I, I, I respect reviews that, that hate, hate my films, but have watched the movie throughout and can actually mm-hmm. talk about why they hate them as opposed to mm-hmm. I fell asleep after 15 minutes because that's you're not a critic at that point. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually saw a, a Google a Google review for a restaurant um, the other day and it was a one-star review for this restaurant and it just, the review said, I have never been to this restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. That is yeah. exactly the same thing. Yeah. If, you, if you haven't seen it all, shut the fuck up. <laughs> for me, well, I mean... Sorry? Well, no, and when you guys do your stuff, you know it's it's uh, it, 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 the 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 you know you know like a normal job like you go in and and okay let's say whatever whatever a normal thing is you go into you know you work at a restaurant all right so probably your biggest hurdle is like maybe maybe you know the food didn't or you know some of the rides you don't have your special or this or someone didn't show up into work but when you when you're making movies the universe does not want movies to be made so <laughs> you, you you go you go try to make a movie and it's like you have thunder showers here you have someone that's you know ran into a pole over here you know the lights don't work so you can't film the card is corrupted and you know and then you get all that stuff s- solved and then you have like you know if you had a 12 hour day you now have like 6 hours to make your day and do the stuff you know when you go to a restaurant you can deal with all that stuff because you're still just dealing with what you're dealing with and yeah there are probably days where every you know lights go out or whatever but movies are impossible sometimes because all the external factors that are against you and you Mm -hmm. still have to perform you still have to make something happen within your day when you don't have the things that should be there because of the universe saying we don't like movies (laughs) Oh, thank Christ! It's not just us. No. Oh, no. We've said, you know, yeah, we should be wrapped up. We should be, you know, we'll start and be wrapped up within eight hours. It's like three days later. We're like, we thought we were doing this in eight hours. Our wife's <laughs> are phoning. Where the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> so are you having an just... affair? No, I'm working on a fucking movie. <laughs> pretty, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it still happens today. I mean, it's just there's there's always always circumstances. But, uh, you know, so, uh, but sometimes and I always say this, it's like, you know, you can sit there and beat yourself up over like, oh, my God, I wish I just had this crane. Oh, I should have had this. I should have had that. But the thing is, the movie's going to I always try to tell this to, to people on the cruise and filmmakers in general. It's like the movie's going to be what the movie's going to be. So, like, let's mm-hmm. say you didn't get that one scene perfect because of whatever circumstances. But because of that, then that other scene that you were surprised at, oh, my gosh, this this turned out so well. You might not have got that if you didn't have that hurdle on that one thing. So the movies mm-hmm. are going to be what they are it's up to you to kind of make it into what it is and not go woulda, coulda, shoulda. Because you, know, you always do pickups later. But for the yeah. most part, you know, it, the movie is going to tell you what it's going to be. I was going to ask you, are you, a, are you a perfection guy or are you a fix-it-in-post guy? Uh, I'm, I'm, some, I'm somewhere in the middle where it's, I, I want to get, because I've been doing a lot of editing lately on my movies where or I've, I've taken over as editor and, you know, it, it, so I kind of think in the edit. I also, as you've seen with Nick's and even Boo and uh, another film I did, Forgotten Evil, they're, 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 I do brain, brain puzzles. And so a lot of times I know how the pieces are going to connect, but it's, you know, I, I have to kind of give, I have to have 
a crew and cast trust me because nick's there's a lot of stuff where you know you're shooting two different perspectives at different times where it's going to link up and then it's going to go from here to here so i i do have the the overall picture of what i want to do I, I don't I don't like just to shoot a bunch of random stuff and then hope for the best unless that's the situation. Like at the last day of shooting, we just had to rush through a lot of stuff. But I also had to keep in my mind the story and what pieces I needed, because the goal is you want to get all your wides and mediums. You can always go and pick up an insert later. You can always do a close up yeah. of something later because you can match that, but you can't match the environments. So um, so, no, I don't. It's not about fixing it in post. It's trying to get as much of it as you can. Uh, but it, fixing it in the edit, definitely you're going to have to smooth this over. When, you have, when you're doing independent movies, you have to. It's just the nature of it. So what I like to have is I like to have runtime. So I try to get as much runtime out of what we're shooting because <laughs> then I can pare it down and things that aren't working, it gets tighter. So this movie was probably a, a, probably a two-hour first cut. And then we cut it down to about 100, 98 to 100. And it doesn't mean pulling whole scenes. It just means tightening. And, and yeah. it gives you the ability. If you, if you have less runtime, then you end up with like a, let's say, an 89, 90-minute first cut. There's nowhere to go. So you have to live with stuff that what I, is what I call ass. It's the stuff that's like, yeah, this is ass. <laughs> This doesn't work. Uh, we got to cut this out. And if you don't have the runtime, it's like, well, the ass stays in. But you can cut the you can cut the the, the ass out. That's like, oh, well, this close up doesn't work, or or this wide shot doesn't work, or hey, these lines suck really bad. I'm a terrible writer. Let's cut that stuff out. So you want to be able to cut the ass out of the movie. Oh, I like I like that. For for us, it's well, for me especially. I always like this to this because J Mac and I always will argue over certain movies where he'll be like that was absolutely pants, and I'm like I defend it. And for me, it is purely always did I enjoy my experience? Like I can forgive a boom mic in the shot. I can forgive overexposure. I can forgive the wrong act. But you know what? See if the full experience for me was a, a happy one. Right, I love that movie. Terminator Three. We argue about it all the time. J Mac hates oh. it. I absolutely love it. it was <laughs> I actually like. Me. I actually love Terminator Three a lot. I think. It, I right. think it's it's probably the best of the outside of one and two. I think it's the best of the sequels. Totally oh. agree with you. Totally yeah. agree. With you. Um, probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I, uh, I had a a bit of a soft spot for the the newest one but it was a dark fate it's okay it's not bad it's not bad it's just it, it just it rehashes so much of the other stuff you yeah know? I, it was just fan service looking back on it that's all it was um and then terminator 3 i don't know i might give it another chance just because of you anthony that's well thank you <laughs> um we actually are huge shark movie fans on this we actually do a thing where, and by the way right i never thought this would catch on but it has completely we take movies right that people would say are low budget right and we we will watch along for an hour or so for the full runtime here live and what we do is we watch on another screen while our audience also watches with us, right? Which is brilliant. They must get a tiniest wee peek over on Amazon Prime or something, right? Uh -huh. We we have properly honed in on shark movies, right? So I was going to ask you, which of these have you seen? Have you ever seen a movie called Ouija Shark? As in like Ouija board, but Ouija I have not shark. seen Ouija Shark. No. Oh, man. You have to. You have to see Ouija Shark. As, th this Ouija Shark will have been made because you made Sharknado. Like, right? you know, the king of shark movies, aside from like Jaws and stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah. So these but, guys are only following, right? They're, 
Well, here, it, it, here's here's what's here's what's so bizarre about this, like about shark films in general. Okay, so there's Jaws, which again, uh -huh. the, the, they have that title. That's that is always going to be the, the the king of it. And then mm -hmm. for a while there, you know, the next shark movie that people sort of knew was Deep Deep Blue Sea, Blue sea just because yep. because of some of the goofy stuff that was in it, and maybe Open Water, but. I, I never in a million years would have ever figured that we would be the second most popular shark movie. <laughs> and on top of that, I'll get these things occasionally like, oh, by the way, do you know the drive-in showing Jaws and Sharknado as a double feature? <laughs> it's just like, it's mind-blowing because I love Jaws. And obviously, yeah. I know Sharknado is its own thing, but for it to kind of be in the same circumference of something that is so freaking amazing... You know that 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 actually means more to me than anything. That that that's great. That, that, that we are in. we're there, and and then we want you know Jaws spawn. You know it's 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 uh, uh, offspring, uh, low budget offspring, piranha, and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you know we spawn. You know uh, Ouija Shark and Santa Shark and <laughs> uh, Ice actually, Shark. Actually, Santa Santa Jaws. Sharks of the corn. Sharks of the corn. <laughs> sharks yep. of the corn. I was um I, I was trying to kind of see if Sharknado was the one that kind of really started the kind of let's just get a crazy title and just run with it. I, I can't I couldn't find any that was there, there was Sharktopus that had a little bit of uh, uh Corbin did that. Sharktopus had a little bit one. of uh a little bit of a, a taste of, of 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 awareness, and then Sharknado kind of came around and and <laughs> and did its thing. But but yeah, I mean, I think that you saw a lot of these things follow because Sci-Fi would greenlight, like they'd do Sharknado Week, and then they would have like an additional six movies, and so they would want you know three tons of ridiculous stuff. And then also Asylum prior to us would do prior to the company I worked with Asylum, you know, they did Sharknado, but they did like Mega Shark, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, you know. <laughs> And then they did, um, I, I can't remember if it was before or after us, but they did three-headed shark attack. So, um, but yeah. Did, they do, did they do five-headed shark attack as well? Yeah, they did, that... I, I believe they did. I think they did <laughs> two-headed shark, three-headed shark, then they jumped to five-headed shark or something. <laughs> so I wonder if they just like thought, yeah, you know what? A four-headed shark will be crap. Let's go yeah. with five. <laughs> yeah, let's just bypass it. You don't need it. You don't need that, that middle one. <laughs> A good friend of ours made a really good shark movie, um, Shark Night, uh, Doug Curtis. Um, have you seen Shark Night? That's I, with... I think that might have been an Asylum movie, right? Or no? Mm -hmm. Shark Night? Or is it not? I think so. It was, oh. uh, what's the company I'll worked check. with again? Um, but I, they basically, the sharks were made to be like actual like mad predators. Which, by the way, the, the most non-real thing about Sharknado is sharks apparently aren't that aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but but here, but here, what what the what the thing I got after after start the first the success of the first movie would be, what, I would get interviewed, and people would get so angry with me. They would be going, "Sharks can't live in tornadoes," and then I would go. <laughs> But like cars don't turn into robots. So what kind of like what kind of like uh, uh, standards are you holding me to? It's a freaking movie about sharks in a tornado. Like that's blowing your mind. Like people don't turn into zombies either. So 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 after, uh, but that actually was very helpful moving forward because then I would I, I literally one time said in an interview. Well, the thing is, is it's not sharks and it's not a tornado. It's a sharknado, and that's our villain, and it does what we want it to do. And so so that opened up the floodgates. To 
to all the stuff we did in all the other movies because it's like, well, no, it's it. Yeah, they live in space. Yeah, they can live. You know, they can attack planes. So, so it, it actually freed us with the confines of this thing. It's like, so you know, they're Sharknado sharks. They're not regular sharks. So. <laughs> that's brilliant. I mean, that that's talk about creative freedom. That that there must be. Like, that's I mean, actually. That was a question I was going to ask about Nick's obviously said it is a, a very indie film. So you had you had no studios breathing down your neck about anything that had to be different. It was all just it's it's, it's all you guys. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean we knew like I said, we had we had we knew I think we had a sales agent that came aboard right before we shot. Uh we knew what the budget was and we knew the mandate is like we needed something that, you know, you had a title, you had a creature, you had a horror movie that could that people could, you know, that you could sell it, but it's indie, so at a certain point, you know, we weren't spending like, you know, five, ten million dollars. We we could take risks. And because we knew we had a good title, we had a good creature. Um, and then this was discussions with Jay and Woodrow and Skylar's make a movie for us. And you know, people are either gonna love it or they're gonna hate it, but it's ours. And when is the opportunity gonna happen where we can make a movie that means something to us without any interference? There's a lot of weird stuff that we do in this movie that's very unconventional. Mm-hmm. That that goes in places that would have probably been cut down or truncated, or some of the meaning would have been lost if we went to a network. Um, so that was that was the liberating feeling about Nick. So was that it was this is this is our thing, and it's for you know it's it's okay. Look, you you know you do need to make money on these things because mm-hmm. you want to you want to pay back the investors and and the people that put the fun, funds in. But it, it was low risk in the sense of we had the elements that it will be sold regardless. You know, people mm-hmm. will watch it or not watch it based on whether they like uh, the idea of the of a horror movie. And mm-hmm. um, and so that that was that was the fun part. And and mm-hmm. it was and it was fun. It was fun in the sense of, you know, uh, there, there's just things that I tried to do filmically that um, was off. You know, there's def- keeping a lot of things in, in the shadows. Uh, focusing on some of the performance stuff that gets, you know, gets lost sometimes in horror movies. And then where, when it leads to everything it leads to toward the end of the movie, it's, there's a lot of layers to it that, uh, that, you know, you could have, you could have probably taken a chunk out of it. It might've been, it might've abbreviated it a little bit and been confusing, but you could have probably stitched it together if someone didn't like it at a studio level or a a network level, but Mm -hmm. it's the movie we wanted to make. And um, and I, I had great partners in I it. I think um, I think going forward now, there, there's there's a certain kind of indie film that's kind of doing really well at the moment. We're clown we. Um, <laughs> I think I think the next kind of wave of films is going to be kind of indie films where they just mm-hmm. let directors do what they want. Mm-hmm. And that can only be good things for yeah. for, for kind of movie goers like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe. I think I think the studios. I mean, you're seeing it. Everything, you know, and I, I love the studio system, and I think they do some interesting things. But there is this, you know, you hear the things like when they kind of all merge. Like we got to focus on tent poles. We got to focus on what's out there, and you know, so what's you're going to see are the remakes and the sequels, which I get excited for these things, and I think it's wonderful. But they're they're the taking risks on these smaller movies. It's it's a risk for a studio. They can't take that risk, even if it's a small amount of money. It, mm-hmm. It's it's dangerous for them because they don't know what to mm-hmm. do with it if if they can't put it out theatrically. 
So mm -hmm. yes, this next wave is like, you know, the people that are doing things like Terrifier 2 or what we're mm -hmm. doing with Nyx. It's going to come from people that are, that are, that are trying to do something a little different mm -hmm. because honestly, I mean, that's what the eighties was about. It was those little movies, <laughs> you know, like Halloween, the fog, you know, uh, uh, evil dead, uh, phantasm that, that, that just came out of nowhere. And you're just looking at it going, I don't know what this is, but I, it's <laughs> terrifying the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so the risk to be made there and with the with the right a company like the company that put out Terrifier 2 is doing a great job. They you can actually get it into theaters also because the pandemic kind of uh, blurred the lines of what was streaming and what was theatrical and they and everybody still needs product. They need movies um, in in the cinema. And people will find it. And the audience for these movies are definitely teenagers, uh, you know, 20-somethings that really want to, they like to go to the movies. They don't want to watch something at home. They want to go and be scared with their friends. Mm -hmm. And so well, that's why uh, a lot of horror films now are doing so well, because that's that's Friday night. There's still people that are reticent to go to the theaters because of the pandemic and whatnot. There's, I mean, it's changing slowly. That's but that, that line has been drawn, uh, you know, before, remember before the pandemic, when Netflix, you know, couldn't get uh, a movie in theaters and now, you know, Knives Out, uh, they, they took over that franchise for Ryan Johnson and the sequel they're putting in theaters for a couple weeks in chains here in America mm -hmm. before it had to be in the theaters because they refused to work with streamers. So, um, so I think there was, there was a great, uh, you know, equalizer is, is mm -hmm. even though as tragic as COVID was for the industry and for people in general, it, it equalized what what is allowed in theaters. You're seeing uh, revivals of, of of movies like The Thing selling out. Uh, you know, the 40th anniversary, mm -hmm. which maybe that wasn't going to happen. You'd have a handful of people watching it in the movie theater. Mm -hmm. um, so so I don't know. I, I think I think we're in a time where I think there's a lot of opportunity, but it also has to be a good movie. Terrifier Two is great horror film you know it's got mm -hmm. a lot of great stuff into it you know you still have to deliver on a certain level for it to get attention but i think a lot of these weird ideas are going to start start surfacing and they're going to get seen by people and you know i i again I'll, I'll i'll embrace the next halloween when they do halloween 4000 or the next friday the 13th <laughs> yeah but, but i but i equally want to embrace the next terrifier or you know hopefully people mm -hmm. discover the nicks you know and you know the next yeah. thing I mean, we certainly have ideas of what we'd want to do with another Nick's movie, but again, it would be completely subversive and not what anybody would expect it to be because we kind of told that version of the story. I was so. thinking if you come up with a sequel, you could call it Twix. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Bobbiter says this interview is making me want to see this film. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Janice says, I love watching movies with you guys. Well, Janice, <laughs> you need to go and watch next. Um, we are aware that you're uh, you have to be somewhere. So I'll very quickly uh, ask you before we before we kind of wrap up here, right? I had an idea for a movie, right? I'm totally fine with you stealing it, right? <laughs> But tell me, tell me whether you think this has legs, okay? It's, it's a Christmas horror, and it's called Advent Calendar, right? Where it's like a cursed Advent calendar. You know what those are in America, right? Advent yeah. So, uh, well, here's the thing is they made that movie. No, they didn't! <laughs> they did. Asylum? I, 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 not Asylum, no, but it was... Uh, it, there, there's a movie that there that was made. It was a foreign film that... I, I don't know if it's called Advent Calendar. I think it might have been. And I think the studios picked it up that they're remaking it. So, uh, so, so it's... It would have been great. Ah. <laughs> See, that, the idea was that when, when they opened that door, right... Somebody gets done in every time 
one of the doors open. So the guy's like this. That's it. I'm not opening this advent calendar. And then Swamp Bam from Nix shows up and just like splits you in, tw- in two like a Twix. That was, that, that was going to be the, the, the basis of it. But I'm glad to hear that it got made. That makes me think, hmm. There's something in here. <laughs> no, yeah. it, it's all in ether. You keep going. No, look, you guys, just keep doing your films because that's that's what I did. I, you mm-hmm. know, you just keep making things. And uh, Scotland is one of the few places that we, we were we kept talking about for Sharknado, but it never happened. Mm, so wow. at some point, if, maybe I'll be coming there to make a movie. Please, ever, we've got if a you ever need, if you ever uh, need an up and coming or wanna be Scottish actor, <laughs> right here, I'm man. trying to get. The, I'm trying to get the studio over, and he's just trying to plug himself. Well, we have a we have a special effects studio, just so you know. And this That's guy here is an incredible artist, and uh, he would more than happy to to um, create your next shark. In fact, you've probably already made a Sharknado poster, Matthew, man, amongst all the work you've done now. Don't think so. Not yet, <laughs> is what you're saying. Not yet. Um, for everybody that's watched tonight, thank you so much. Um, so many people watch, but only so little comment for some reason. I think they're intimidated by the creator of Sharknado. Oh, come Why on. Give me be? a comment. Throw something at me. Throw, 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 a, throw a hardball right at me. Andy Gibbs says, Brave Shark. That would be a great one. Got a shark. You may take with, our fish. With, Will, with William Mollusk. <laughs> um, you can go ahead i've posted this link in all the comments and all description we're live over several different media platforms but if you click on the comments you get a link direct or you can go to uh www or https uh link where, where, where is nick's where is nick's playing and uh it's it's a is it dvd or is it streaming or where is it yeah, in yeah. Scotland? you can get it you can get an itunes store sky store google play a thing called Chile and YouTube, so you can buy or rent that and everywhere. I imagine there's going to be a, a physical release online as well. Do you have? Yeah, a... we're, 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 there. There will be something at some point. Um, we'll probably do a sort of a boutique label kind of thing for it down mm-hmm. the road. Um, and I'm, again, I know because it's, it's separated because the U.S. rights and the foreign mm-hmm. rights. I, I think in Australia there's going to be a physical release, and um, you guys might get one there too. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, just to plug my band, Quint Q U I N T. We did the theme song to Sharknado. We did, we <laughs> did the theme song to Nick's called Nothing, which is oh. uh, which is just out. Uh, so please uh, download and support yeah. us because uh, I love what we did with that song. It's fit really. It was really appropriate ending title. What, what, what do you what do you do in the band, Anthony? Uh, on that one, I'm uh, I'm singer on that. I write the songs with Robbie. I'll, I'll you know, Rob, Robbie puts together most of the instrumentation, but um, I'll, I'll I'll write I'll write some of the stuff. I'll write the lyrics, uh, or I'll come in with some music, or I'll work with Robbie on it. But Robbie Robbie's the guru of of getting the soundscapes and stuff on it. And then um, you know, I sing on nothing. I, I sing the theme song to to Sharknado, and then on this <laughs> one. Joel Valder uh, co-wrote nothing with us, and he does a lot of the synth stuff for yeah. it. He he really built that thing out to make it uh, uh, pretty epic. We love synth, don't we? We love yeah. synth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you need to come nothing. on and watch along with us. The next Sharknado movie that we watch, I'll definitely send you an invite if you ever want. To, not Sharknado, and the next Shark movie that we yeah. watch uh, as a watch along. If you're ever interested to come on and watch it live with us, you're more yeah. than welcome. Yeah, just um, find, find, get, you know, just make sure you reach out to me. So you know, on, on, on the Instagrammy areas and stuff, yeah, yeah. And just, just, just say hey, and then yeah, just let me know if I'm not working on another project. Uh, it's been a busy. Awesome. It's been a busy year. I, I also have uh, two westerns coming up uh, oh, next no. year. Please say it's Western Shark. Please say it's no. Western it's shark. a straight western. What the oh. first one is uh, Butch Cassidy and the Wild Bunch, and uh, oh, it's oh, be man, pretty incredible. 
So, I love oh, westerns. Yeah, I've, yeah. It's, it's been a love that I've found in the last five years of my life. The last five years of my life, I love westerns. I mean, before that, the only one I liked was like Young Guns. But now <laughs> I'm get I'm really getting into you know I watched uh, Joe Kidd the other day of like High Plains Drifter and I've watched all I've watched the Dollars trilogy and I I, I love I love a good western so yeah, I, I never expect I never thought I'd be doing a western and we did a tiny bit of a you know like a ten minute thing in uh, Sharknado Six and I lo- I love that and <laughs> then there this opportunity came up and we I, you know I fell in love with these characters and I thought we could do something really cool we have uh, Jeffrey Combs in it he plays Charlie Serene and I've known Jeff forever from Reanimator. You know, I've, I've I've interviewed him several times, and we've been friends through Brian Usna. So to have him in the film it was just like working with an old friend. He's so freaking good in this thing. So <laughs> it's a, uh, and D Wallace pops up in it as well. So and we got a we got a great cast and our our, oh, our actors playing uh, Butch and Sundance. It's it's a very it's a very interesting western, uh, but it's not genre. It's not a. There's no other extra genre to it. It's it's an it's an odor. And it's uh, yeah. send the screeners over when they're ready. Oh, man. Absolutely, we'd love to see that and come on and we'll chat about that. Um, can I can I wait for that stuff? It'd be phenomenal. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's been amazing having you on, and thank you so yeah, much for your time. Anytime. Um, we hope, you know, we hope next goes on to do another sequel, and we'll see what happens with uh, Twix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's been phenomenal. Can't thank you enough. Uh, we've had the, the creator of Sharknado on this podcast. I mean, if there was ever a podcast for the creator, this is absolutely it. Uh, so thank you very much again for coming thank on, you and you're welcome to come on anytime. Okay. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the support. I really appreciate no, it. No, thank you. Absolutely, it's great to see more independent movies. That's where it's at, and we're looking forward to the next wave. Thanks for everybody that's joined in tonight, and make sure to go ahead and check out the Sky Store, iTunes Store, Google Play. Go watch Nick's and hit up Anthony on social media and let them know what you thought and uh, we'll see you guys in the next one thanks again guys thank you take it easy guys cool